Hello, Australia. Konnichiwa, Australia. Welcome to Dodging Armageddon. Dodging Armageddon. To. Welcome to Tokyo 2020. Now, even bigger and better in 2021. Let's cross over to two Aussies camped on the business end of a chopstick, poised to take the gold medal plunge into the miso soup. It's rampaging Roy Slaven and HG Nelson. Are you there, HG? Yes,、uh, TF March, Ico and Ryden locked in the dodging Armageddon soundproof booth at ABC Grandstand Tokyo HQ. Welcome to Tokyo, where the shower on top of the system is golden. HG Nelson opening the dig on the dodge and another day of Olympic action. Welcome to Earthquake City. And day 12 of competition, a day that is traditionally set aside to acknowledge the contribution and work of artists, musicians, and flower arrangements at these games. The bouquets, incidentally, that each medalist gets are simply magnificent. Simply magnificent. Remember,、uh, Japan is a country where the art of ikebana is taken very, very seriously. His Supreme Excellency、uh, at the HQ asks all artists and musicians to create something colourful and sign it J.A. Coates. He simply doesn't have time to do anything more for you today. Surprises have continued in Tokyo and the records have tumbled none bigger than the bloke's、uh, 400 metre hurdle. Norwegian Karsten Warholm broke his own world record by 0.76 of a second. He ran 45.94. First time anyone has gone under 46 seconds for the 400 jumps. Channel 7's、uh, Tasman Manu suggested, and wait for it, that the race took us to places we never thought we'd go to. Whoa. That really pulled me off. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, look, I came to these Olympics thinking they're going to be great.、Mm. But going to a place I never thought I'd go to, that just did my head in. Can I use a term that I don't like using? Surreal,、mm. was my response. She said,、um, following up that bold claim, I can't talk, I'm in shock. An incredible admission from a commentator.、Uh, I can't talk. I'm in shock. Mercifully, Bruce stepped in and rescued the situation, suggesting the 400 jumps was the greatest race in the Olympics ever. That's Bruce's opinion of the 400 jumps, the greatest race in the history of the Olympics ever. Big call. As we know, Bruce is not to given, given to hyperbole. If, if, in fact, if Bruce has a fault, he often talks things down. So imagine how good it was. In passing, the men's long jump gold was awarded on a count back to Tengoglu from Greece when the champ from Cuba, Echevara, broke down on his final jump. As I've said before, there's a million ways to lose. Both jumpers landed at the 8.41、uh, mark. 8 metres 41, it's a hell of a jump.、Uh, but the medal went to Tengoglu on a count back. Bookies cheered around the world. And can I highlight Jamaican Elaine Thompson Herra, the first woman to do the 100 and 200 double, not once, but twice at this level. Her 21.53, second fastest time in history at these games. In boxing's Night of Nights, Harry Garside, the ballet dancing plumber with an interesting ideas on guttering and drainage, fought his way past the Kazakhstan powerhouse, Zakir Saifluan. He made it into the semis. A split decision went our way for once.、Uh, I think it was 5 3 rather, in Harry's favour. That means young Harry will be coming home with a medal, the first for Australian fight game in 33 years. 
even if he loses in his semi, he gets bronze, uh, as does the other semi loser. Uh, Spike Cheney, I think, was our last medal in boxing in Seoul. Down to earth, Harry, who loves being different, bellowed as he left the ring last night after bagging gold. I can't wait back to get on the tools. I'm only alive if I'm punching someone in the head or attacking a stuck tap with a set of footprints. And Tokyo still hasn't seen my nutcracker. Sadly, our stingers lose in the quarters. The tune, a heartbreaker, 9-8 competition, ROC. I've got the hump with the ROC. It used to be Team GB. I moved now to the ROC. I'm changeable like that. Uh, incidentally, ahead, uh, Peter Bowl goes in the 1800 metres at 10.05 Eastern Standard Time tonight. Uh, a great a great chance for another medal there. But let's l- let off the leash, a man who believes the records are tumbling in Tokyo because of cutting-edge track technology and great advances <coughs> in shoe design. He's slipped on the latest Volio Cs and is breaking records wherever he goes around the village and the venues here. The Volio C Usain Bolt collab packs a punch. And if we can get this bloke into a shirt with a kangaroo and emu on the heart, Chef de Michon... Ian Chesterman believes the bloke has one big one left in him. We've got that as dry powder. The man in the speedy shoes and the chopsticks poised above the teriyaki and tempura plate is rampaging Roy Slavin. What highlights have caught your eye overnight? Shintaro! Konnichiwa, Ichi-san. And Konnichiwa, Australia-san. Look, I went for a bit of a walk uh, yesterday evening, actually. I know you were busy. Uh, I just went for a little bit of a, a, a wander around our hotel area, uh-huh. um, and I uh, had a look at a, uh, a, a Toyota showroom. Did you? <laughs> and I went in. They were very happy to see me. I masked up, obviously, and social distancing and all of that. Shouted out. I was looking at the uh, BZ4Z concept car. I think BZ means beyond zero, as nearly as I can tell. And this actually puts oxygen into the atmosphere. Now, the Chinese have gone crazy about this. It's as big as a RAV4. It's a bit like a RAV4 and it's got a battery in it and, and no petrol. You, you get what I mean? It's just insane. So I, I sat in this thing. It was just bloody marvellous. Tap, tap, tap on the window and it was um, Minji Lee. What? Who was looking at the car as well. Sadly, they're not being imported into Australia or exported to Australia yet because we don't have the infrastructure. We don't have, you know, nowhere to... Roads. Yeah, yeah. we don't have anything right. Batteries. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're just going to keep putting petrol in, which is fair enough. Yeah. Because it works. Yeah. You well, know. we get a coal conversion. Well, you could get a coal. Well, there's there's a, a future. I know coal conversion. Bloody hell! Get on to Angus Taylor about that. Uh, anyway, uh, I caught a glimpse of gold in her eye, and it occurred to me, H.G., having come off the back of just having won the Evian Masters, that she may well be a gold prospect here in the golf, the ladies or the women's golf that uh, might have started this morning. I think that's right. Day one. Yeah, I'd be putting a bit of money on her. Because she's in the form of her life, she's got gold in her eyes, and she was very happy to say, you know, I'm going to be doing it for everyone at home. She wanted me to give that message out, which is great. great? That is fantastic. Look, our sailing is absolutely world class. Now, Matt Belcher and Will Ryan, you'll remember those names for the rest of your life. I'm telling you now, that's Matt Belcher and Will Ryan, two great Australians. Outstanding. An outstanding performance, HG. Ah. They've just got to main they've just got to stay on the boat, stay afloat. I mean they're so far ahead, they've got gold already. Mm-hmm. They've just got to not stuff up and you know, sink. Collide with the pier. Yeah, yeah. They've just got to not be stupid. And I know these blokes, they're not gonna be stupid. 
Uh, they told me that this morning. I was so I said, oh, "You likes be careful. We're not going to be stupid, Roy." They said, "I thought you beauty gold, gold to Australia." Now, a few friends have sent messages about Stuart McSwain. Mm-hmm. Stuart McSwain, he's the king of King Island, king SG. Of king Island, and he's our best shot at the 1500 since Herb. I know, Herb. Since Herb Elliott. Is that 56? That's, or 60? 60, 60, I think it yes. was. Herb did it. Herb mm. did it. And there was a hell of a lot of daylight behind her. I reminded him of that. I said, listen, King, if you're going to win, win big, like Herb did. He said he'll give it a go. And it occurred to me, SG, if he is successful, he could well become the face of King Island cheese. Well, there's a breakthrough. It is, isn't it? There it is. Now, Bruce, as you mentioned, you mentioned uh, Peter Ball. Bruce has very big raps on him. He said he's never seen him more focused. This is Peter Ball. <laughs> never seen him more focused. I think I have seen Peter Ball more focused. Now I think about it, but uh, I don't want to put any pressure on the bloke because he's—it's a very important run he's got coming up tonight. Now the Boomers HG they were magnificent last night. Absolutely magnificent. Um, I, they've, uh, they take on the United States, or Team US, as they call themselves these days. Uh, I'm predicting, I, I think... I oh, know they're going to get I think we're going to get over them. If we yeah. get over them, HG, we're looking at gold. Mm. Gold mm. for the boomers. I know, it's just... It's I, mean, a, it's a, I mean, how many years have been waiting for this? About 50, 50 years. I know. 50 years this has been in the making. 50 years. Mm. We've been dreaming all Aussies, all Aussies to a person, all decent, caring... Hard-working Aussies have been Hoops thinking... people. Yes, have been thinking gold uh, for the boomers. And Nick Huff, HG... Oh, before I get to Nick, who was fantastic this morning, uh, the cookers are going for gold as well. And those cookers have been magnificent as well. Absolutely outstanding young Australians. But Nick Huff, speaking of uh, outstanding young Australians in the 110 uh, hurdles this morning, I've never seen it before in my life, HG, and it was a real Aussie style he brought to it. He didn't win. I think he came second last because someone fell over. But he was in the semi-final and he managed to kick over every hurdle. I know. It's a dream. It's a real skill. I know. It's a real skill to stay on your feet. But he did. I mean, he got a bit wobbly, you know, bouncing around the place. But managed to stay in his lane Mm. and managed to finish having kicked over every bloody hurdle. It was real Aussie style. And if that's the future of hurdling, man, I'm interested. As uh, a couple of Japanese people said to me over breakfast. Ah, Roy, Australia Seiko. Dodging Armageddon presents popular Japanese sayings. Child of a frog is a frog. Now, technology's bobbed up at the game, so I was just wondering how long it would take. And I just wanted to cast your eye over three areas. There's some suggestion that the track technology in the main stadium has been tricked out to make it possible for athletes to run faster times. That's true. There's the shoe. It's slightly rubberised, HG. You remember back in the old days we used to just run on a cinders track. Well, those days are well and truly gone. No, it's slightly rubberised. And it's a carpet effect, isn't it? It is a carpet effect, yeah. yeah. And if you've ever run on carpet, you find it slightly springy, slightly springy, and that slightly springiness uh, enables better times. Now, then we've got the shoe, which we might get to in a minute, and Mm. finally, tape. Yeah. I'm starting to get worried about the amount of tape that's being used, yes. which appears to give certain sports an aerodynamic advantage if placed in certain parts of the anatomy. This is the electrical tape you're talking about. Well, 
Yes, I just hope it's old-fashioned gaff and nothing something sort of super polluting or sure. something like this. Once you take it off, rip yep. it off. Yep. Uh, I noticed it in the Danes uh, team pers- team's event where yes. they've got the front of the shin taped up pretty heavily and uh, right, as there's do. some suggestion there is an aerodynamic advantage. There, there is. There's some now, suggestion it's cheating too. I know. Now, the um, speaking of your BZ, a new generation of super spike running shoe uh, typified by Nike's Air Zoom Victory and Dragonfly models for middle and long distance running, respectively, mm-hmm. have been credited with a number of track and field athletes smashing world records of late. Yes. Now, the shoes in question are super light, have a rigid plate, yes. and are made with highly responsive, energy returning P-Bax foam. Yes. Now, I just, they, they are thought to add as much as one to three seconds per mile to a runner's performance, depending yep. on how responsive the athlete is to change. Yes. Now, yep. Yep. where are we going to yep. stop here? I know, I know. I mean, I are we suggesting a standard shoe for everybody? I think or is so. It, or is it open slather? Remembering, of course, is that yeah. these are made by big firms usually who sponsor the, you know, putting big sponsorship into the Olympics. Yep. There's a lot of collusion happening here, HG. You've got these big firms to which you just referred, and they are in concert with the uh, manufacturers of the surfaces on which the uh, athletes, athletes are running. So uh, you're advantaged if you have what they call these super spikes and you have the carpet they're running on, there's a marriage between those two technologies. And people who don't have access to those technologies are deeply disadvantaged. I discussed this the other day with His uh, Highest Excellency, Lord Coates, and uh, the Olympic various Olympic committees are going to be looking at this to standardise standardise the footwear and standardise the rubberization within the surface upon which people are going to run. And I think that that can only happen... It's got to happen quickly. Otherwise, it's going to get out of control. It is. It is. It is. At this stage, we're on the verge of it being out of control at the moment because these cheating athletes with their tape and their super spikes have got an advantage. They certainly have. Over the rest of us who, or many countries who don't. Can I point out the Volio C Usain Bolt collab is something which is giving you enormous boost in the running, isn't it? Yes, yes. I mean, you you know, I, I just saw you having a go this morning in them, experimentally yes. taking mm-hmm. a few tentative steps to see what sort of advantage you can get. Yep. Do you reckon you could get, say, maybe 10 or 12 seconds per kilometre Well, advantage? using the Volio CSAM at the moment, HG, on this particular surface, there's rubberisation we see in, in the, uh, the surface uh, upon which we're running. Uh, I found a fair bit of slippage. But ah. the, slippage, the slippage gives you speed. Uh, with each, each step, you skip forward a little bit. Now, if you can control that... I think this could be the future. You know, everyone's talking about super spikes, super spikes, super spikes. Well, if you try the super, well, no, I don't want super spikes. I want super Slip- smooth. Yeah, super smooth, and that's the way I think we're going to be going uh, for Brisbane. Super smoothers. Now, have you spoken to uh, Bowl or Selwyn about these, the King of King Island? No, I didn't want to interrupt them. No, no very enough. focused. They're very focused. focused. After, yeah. after they've run, You'll have a word. I'll have a word to them then. Yes, well, I'll, I'll be talking a, to Peter Bowl tonight after his run. It's a, v- a revolutionary breakthrough that you're suggesting that yes. people, in fact, take a step but yes. get as much out of the step as yeah. they are on the slide. E- exactly I haven't right. said that the right way no, around, no, but no, you know no, what I mean. No, you, you can slide, you, you can do a controlled slide up to 10 to 15 centimetres with each step. Now, over 100 metres, that well, adds up over 100 a steps. A it's a hell of a lot You're of difference. You're saving so much. You are, you are. Now, did you it, get it that It doesn't idea? help you so much with the hurdles. 
you know, I, I experimented with uh, Nick Huff. I, I asked him to wear some this morning, and he was just slipping into the uh, hurdles, hurdles yeah. themselves, yeah. knocking them over, and but, took that into the race. Yes, yeah, but it did. He was able to stay in in the lane, and that's that's what impressed me, HG, because it's very hard when you wear when you're wearing the slippers and you're crashing into things to stay in your lane and to travel in a straight line. He did it. Now, did you get these ideas by sitting in the BZ last night? I did. I, I did. It's it's astonishing. Actually, it's about the same size as Rat Four. Yes, you mentioned that. You know, about the same size as Rat Four, and you think, oh well, isn't that great? Look, I can sit someone in with me and put a couple of people in the back. You know, it's just great. Which country produces the finest wagyu beef in the world? Which country produces the finest sushi in the world? The finest rice? Too easy. Take a bow, Australia. This is Dodging Armageddon on ABC Radio. And if you want to get in touch with the show, Roy and HG at abc.net.au. That's Roy and HG at abc.net.au. And Roy, the following people have. Uh, yeah, this has come from Confused in Lilyfield, which I think is in the inner west of Sydney uh, in lockdown. Uh, gentlemen, I was just listening to Liesl Jones on Channel 7. Oh, yes. She's great, Liesl Jones, mm. isn't she? Uh, on uh, the swimming commentary, mm-hmm. she described Katie Ledecky as, quote, the greatest female athlete since Michael Phelps. <laughs> now, that's food for thought, isn't it? That's something about Phelps I didn't realise. Or it's something about, uh, you know, Katie Ledecky I didn't realise. Either now, way, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Can I ask, does she mean Michael Phelps was swam mm. at the... I forget where he stopped. Would He He would have made it to Rio. Yeah, I think yeah. he went to Rio, okay. yeah. Okay, not, not a long amount of time. No, but uh, but she's the greatest since him. Dave from Katoomba, in the discus final, Matthew Denny missed out on bronze medal by five centimetres. The Channel 7 commentator suggested that viewers, quote, measure out five centimetres and have a look at it. (laughs) After half an hour searching for a ruler or tape measure, I found one and measured out the five centimetres. I was stunned. And this morning when I woke up, that five centimetres just seemed surreal. The Olympics can provide inspiration for all of us. And in this case, the message must be that when the going gets tough, just try and find an extra five centimetres. That's an incredible insight. It is an insight, isn't it? it? I mean, when you think about it, I mean, you try and imagine five centimetres, you can't. No, well, that's the same. You've got to get the tape measure out. And when you have a look at it, you think, oh, bloody hell, I could do that. Well, was it Ryan Corser who threw the shot? Yeah. He broke the world record recently. I don't know how he went in the Olympics. I'll have to look it up when I get off air. Sure, Uh, He threw the shot an extra 25 centimetres. Wow, have you tried measuring that? No, I suggest people do. People do. I mean, Mm. just imagine five centimetres and multiplied by five. That's one way of looking at it, but it's very difficult to conceive of that. I mean, sure, you can put the numbers in your head, but it doesn't add up to anything on the on the desk, if you see what I mean. Well, no, and especially in the effort required. The effort required to get, required there, to get that the, extra... Tw- oh, no, no. Man, I know, just, it does. Uh, now, this comes from uh, Chiang Mai Jack, who's in Chiang Mai. Oh, yeah, good. You've been to Chiang Mai. I have. You, you love it have, there. I do. You had a holiday there. Well, I did have a holiday there. Very after unusual. The Athens, after the Athens Games. I think that's right. Or... You did. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you did, mm. yeah. It was up there for the Chiang Mai Cup. That's right. Mm. With the athletic program went underway, it's Bruce McAvaney time in the spotlight. Well, it is. And it hasn't taken him long to start drawing from his well of hyperbolic superlatives. Oh, yeah. Bruce's description of some Aussie athlete's performance in the discus included the words amazing, superb, magnificent and, of course, special. 
Sadly, the name of the athlete has already slipped from my memory and probably will remain there for the rest of my life. Bruce's propensity to gild the Aussie lily reached dazzling heights when he finished his commentary by saying, he's come forth in the Olympics and that's all you could hope for. Oh, Oh, that's very disappointing. Now, Chiang Mai Jack goes on to say, uh, I wonder how many Aussie kiddies are lulling themselves to sleep with visions of achieving an Olympic fourth as the realisation of their Olympic dreams. See, Bruce shouldn't be saying those sort of things. Terrible. Terrible. Terrible I know. Imagine that. They're going to get I hope management's jumped on him. Now, look. Could that be the person who's failed by five centimetres? Could be. So the five centimetre... Five centimetre guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he... Yeah. Fourth was all you could expect without um, that five centimetres. Well, I've just got to say is that that sets commentary back in Australia. I mean, what, it does. what, what a thing to set Hamish. I know. And all the other commentators who are great, you know, Luke Darcy and all of them. Yeah. I mean, they're just going to... Yeah, I know. And think, I know. Oh, it, upsets, it upsets everyone. Exactly. And I don't know what Aussies upset while they're in lockdown. Now... This has come from Mark from Mystery Bay. Oh, yeah. He says, a few interesting observations about the Channel 7 Olympics commentary team, other than, of course, Bruce, uh, who is untouchable. Well, (laughs) we've just touched him. Uh, They seem unable to refer to each other by their given or Christian names. For example, Griggsy, Abs, Ed, Shervo and Haim, who on at least one occasion I've heard referred to as Hammer. I must admit I haven't heard that. But I don't mind hammer. No. No, it's ironic. It is, isn't it? Mm. He's hardly a hammer. Mm. It's it's a bit of a wet sock, really, isn't it? But, you know, without being too unkind, terrific bloke, Haim. You know, we get on very, very well whenever I see him. Uh, Now, don't you just love the way in which, uh, when we have a sniff of metallic success in any event, they do their very best to, A, appear as though they are lifelong friends with the said competitor, their immediate families, and generally anyone else within cooey of any supporters gathering. Yes. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. And, B, understand the finer nuances of the said event and attempt to demonstrate that they know their stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, that's fine. Yeah, that's what commentators do. That's what they've got to be. That's that's the job. I, I, I mean... That's the job. I know. Well, I can't help it. You, you talk about Peter Ball, I'm going to tell you my Peter Ball stories. I've only got a few. I've only met him once or twice. <laughs> but remember, but I'm going to tell him. Remember, you only get a chance once every four years to, to tell talk about Peter, Peter Ball. Exactly. Uh, well, 800 metres or whatever or it is. Whatever it is. Shot put, discus, five centimetres. Yeah. When have I been talking about five centimetres again? Now, Mark goes on. God love them, but they invariably get it wrong. Witness abs who, when reading on a Sunday, A Dummy's Guide to Sailing, on multiple, multiple occasions referred to jibing, i.e. manoeuvring downwind, as jibbing, which is the little sail on the front. And this is when there must be a million sailboats of every description in Australia. And he doesn't know the difference between a jibe and a jib. And here he is putting himself up as some bloody expert, he goes on to say. Wow. He was outraged. Uh, Mark from Mystery Bay, he says he's a sailor. Well, understandably. He was outraged. Well, fair enough. Fair enough, too. There'd be plenty of people who'd be saying five centimetres. Well, you know, really, it looked like seven centimetres yeah. to me, to the naked eye. Yeah, that's right. I wasn't there. I'm well, all there the way People say, oh, you don't know five centimetres. I can picture that. What's, what's your problem? It's as easy as. Well, no, it's not. No, you've got to get the ruler out and make sure you're absolutely right. You do. You do. So that's it so far for the emails today. That's excellent. Said. And what, isn't it interesting how the emails are largely. Focusing on Channel 7's coverage. Yeah, and I don't know uh, why. No, no. <laughs> I don't know why. You're not curating the emails, if that's the right word. I don't use no, the No, I word. just take them as they come out of the machine. Yeah, fair enough. Fair Simple enough. as that. 
You know, it was about five centimetres thick, today's emails. Now, we've got about uh, enough time to run a few climbing events. Yes. Because uh, they don't take very long. The climbing... The, I love the climbing. I know. The first one yeah. takes about six seconds. I know. It takes so long, doesn't it? I know. Could you think we could get an event... Yeah. Of a shorter time? Yeah. I mean, that'd be a challenge for See, I, th- I thought climbing was something the, the Aussies would have done really well, but we no. seem to be sort of poorly represented. What's happening with Australian climbing? Well, it's got to be a probe, surely. Well, I would have thought so. I mean, has you heard Colbeck talk anything Look, about... No, I haven't. I haven't. But I'm very interested in what the ALP is suggesting, giving everyone decent, hard-working Aussies $300. Maybe that $300 should be earmarked. It goes into climbing equipment and nothing else. What a lovely idea. And uh, that's about it for Dodging Armageddon today. Remember to join us once again when the journey towards gold and your pathway intersect. Join us then for more Dodging. Bye now.